Welcome to The Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in. Grace to you and peace from God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, Queen, is 95 years old. That means in no longer than a decade, we will have a king. Now, we all know what type of queen we have, but we're unsure of what kind of king Charles will be. Where kings and queens still exist today, they mostly live and work within a carefully constructed framework. They can let it be known that they would prefer a different course to be followed, but let them try to do anything more than that, and people will get very restless. Monarchs have to stay within careful limits these days. But in the ancient world, monarchs did no such thing. People knew what kings did. Kings ruled people according to their wishes and whims. They were all powerful. Well, today, the church celebrates the feast of Christ, the King. When we say that Christ is King, what do we mean? What kind of King is Jesus? This morning, we will look at the final trial of Jesus from our Gospel reading, and we'll re reflect upon who Jesus is in our lives. The court of religion found Jesus guilty of blasphemy for claiming to be God's own son. And so they sent him off to the court of politics. The religious leaders say that Jesus is worthy of death, but only the state can perform executions. The king of kings in our gospel reading, stands before Pontius Pilate, the appointed governor from the Roman Empire. Pilate asked Jesus not if he was Messiah, but rather if he was the king of the Jews. This is a political, a religious charge. The religious leaders were the ones who asked, are you the Christ, the Messiah? The court of Caesar asks, are you a king? Now, in Jesus' day, the phrase, the kingdom of God, used by revolutionary bands. So when Pilate faces Jesus, and someone hints that the religious leaders have handed him over because he thinks he's some sort of king, Pilate assumes he knows what's going on. This is another revolutionary. Pilate does not care about the intricacies of Jewish messianic expectation. No, there is one thing he does care about, though. He cares about who might challenge Rome's rule. He knows what kings are. He knows what kingdoms are. He knows where they come from. He knows how they behave. And he knows that his job is to allow no such thing in this Roman province. So he comes out with it. Are you the king of the Jews? Standing before him is the son of David, 
the promised successor to David's throne. Royal blood flows through his veins. And Jesus does claim to be a king, but not the sort of king that Caesar is. He's a king, but not the type that Pilate is expecting. Jesus tells Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. Now many throughout history have understood Jesus to mean that God's kingdom is somewhere up there in heaven and has nothing to do with the the world down here. Jesus, though, is not speaking about where heaven is located. He's talking about its source, its origin. The point is, Jesus' kingdom does not come from the world. Of course it doesn't. Jesus' authority as king doesn't come from Caesar. It comes from God. His kingdom is not from the world, but it is for the world. After all, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught His disciples to pray that God's kingdom would come on earth in heaven. And that's why Jesus came from heaven above to earth. That's why he and continues to send his followers into the world. Kings send armies to fight for supremacy. Jesus sends his followers to do no such thing. The kingdom does not come from this world, and Jesus is not a rival to Caesar. But Jesus But just as Jesus and his kingdom are not of his world, that means also his servants are not of this world. They don't even use the same weapons as earthly kings. And in fact, there is only one weapon, and that is... It is the truth that Jesus came to the world to die for your forgiveness. Jesus also says that the behavior of his is different. It's different because everyone who is on the side of truth listens to his voice. Are you on the side of truth? Is your behavior different? Are you willing to accept that Jesus is your king? Or do you bow to Caesar? We're tempted by the allure of secularism. We're deceived by the values culture. If you want to hear Jesus' voice, you must listen to his word as it is preached, taught, and read. Are you listening? To his voice. If you are listening to Jesus' voice, then your values should reflect Christ's. Or are you listening to what others say? Are your values the ones we find in culture, the one we find on Huffington Post or Twitter or Facebook? The values and thinking of Jesus' kingdom are vastly different from those you find in the world. And everyone who is interested in pursuing the truth will embrace the values of Christ's kingdom. Those who follow the world's values are going to ultimately reject the kingdom with Jesus as the king. As the church, 
We represent Jesus' kingdom. We are to speak the truth, to proclaim Christ's kingdom. And since we claim to be Christians, we also humbly serve others rather than seek our own earthly power. So, do you desire to serve others rather than be served? Do you reach out to the least, to the lost of this world? Dear friends, are you citizens of God's kingdom? I think of the fifth verse of our hymn. In your hearts enthrone him, there let him subdue all that is not holy, all that is not true. Crown him as your captain in temptation's hour. Let his will enfold you in its light and power. Let's take an opportunity this morning to remind ourselves of what kind of king we serve. We serve a king like no other. Jesus is not the king that the world would ever recognize. Kings have power. Kings have wealth. Kings lord it over others. Kings use force and violence to get their way. With Jesus, none of that is true. This is the king who speaks and seeks out the lost, the lowly, the rejected. This is a king who came to be to serve rather than be served. This is a king who enters the holy city not triumphantly on a war horse, but humbly on a donkey. He is a king unlike any other king, and his kingdom is unlike any others because it is not of this world. Jesus is a king who was killed by political power, not a king who is victorious over his enemies in battle. Consider, pause for a moment, and think about the difference between Pilate and Jesus. Pilate used power and authority for selfish ends, with no concern for building the community. Pilate hoards power and lords it over people, even to the point of destroying them on crosses or otherwise. But Jesus empowers others, and he uses his authority to wash the feet of his followers. He spent his life on them, every last ounce of it. He gave his life to bring them life. Pilate condemns. Jesus forgives. Pilate's rule brings terror, even in the midst of calm. Jesus' reign brings peace, even in the middle of terror. Pilate's followers imitate him, using violence to conquer and to divide by divide people by race, ethnicity, or nation. Jesus' followers put away the sword and invite and unify people. Pilate's authority comes from Caesar, and it's only temporary. Jesus' authority comes from God, and it's eternal. Pilate's the governor of Judea. Jesus is ruler of the kings of the earth, the king of kings, and the lord of lords. Behold your king, He's not much to look at from the world's measure of kings. But the truth is that mankind is doomed without him. 
The truth is that only through faith in Jesus can a person become a member of this heavenly and eternal kingdom. It's only Jesus who is the way, the truth, and the life. This is the only king who can save you. The only king who has saved you by his death. This is the king who chose the way of suffering and death for you. He was willing to suffer rather than to inflict suffering. He was willing to be killed rather than to kill. He showed love even to those who crucified him. This is the king who will fight to the death to save you, who will lead you through your death to eternal life. This is the king who drew you to himself in holy baptism. This is the king who will draw you to himself when you die. Put not your trust in princes. Don't trust in Pontius Pilate and King Herod's and, or by whatever name and title they may go. Don't trust them for a moment. Trust Christ, the King, because He alone can save you. We live in a day when established religious and political institutions are crumbling. The idea of a king seems too outdated for our modern ears. It's so oppressive in a world where it's every man, woman, and child for themselves. Who needs a king when you can be king? But Jesus is not your president elected for an infinite series of four-year terms. He's your king. And think of this humble, silent, broken man on the cross. The king is crowned not with a golden crown or with diamonds, but with a crown of thorns. And over that cross, Pilate puts the sign for all to see. Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. Jesus is the King whom God sent to redeem us by His blood. King who will rule over us with righteousness and life and salvation. And we pray that God's kingdom will come to those not yet in it. And we pray that by daily growth, it may continue to come to us who have received it, both now and hereafter in eternal life. Jesus is the King that the world did not ask for or want, but He is the King that this world so desperately needs. So, long live Christ the King. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ our King. Amen. You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at revfenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at icloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time.